Welcome to today's episode of the Direct Mail Automation School, the podcast for marketers who are looking for an edge as they deploy direct mail and omni-channel marketing campaigns. I'm Dennis Kelly, uh, the host here. Uh, I'm the CEO of Postalytics, the leading direct mail automation platform designed for marketers to deploy automated direct mail and omni-channel marketing campaigns with the speed, integration, and analytics of digital marketing. Today, we're super excited to have Brad Kugler join us. Brad is the co-founder and CEO at Direct Mail 2.0. Direct Mail 2.0's innovative solutions make direct mail the most effective form of advertising by integrating it with cutting-edge technology. Direct Mail 2.0 offers groundbreaking cloud-based marketing platform that not only tracks the effectiveness of direct mail campaigns, but also seamlessly integrates with digital platforms. Brad's expertise lies in merging traditional direct mail with cutting-edge technology, providing marketers with invaluable insights to shape the future of the industry. Welcome, Brad. We're psyched to have you on at the Direct Mail Automation School today. Thank you, Dennis. It's great to be here. I love the idea of a direct mail automation platform, or I'm sorry, podcast. This is such... I'm super excited about merging direct mail with other technology. I consider what you and I are doing, and amongst others, is really disrupting the direct mail and bringing it out of that just ink on paper mentality that it's had, well, since the Gutenberg press back in the day. So what we're doing is, is I, I think it's one of the most exciting things in advertising going on at this moment. So excited to talk about it, and thank you for having me. Oh, that's so great to have you, and and agree. We are uh, 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 very much akin, right? We are attacking the angle, the problem from different angles, but uh, but the idea is, hey, let's get direct mail out of uh, the traditional way that it's been thought of and pigeonholed, and 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 let let's make it a part of the 21st century marketing tech stack. And uh, so, uh, I completely agree. I'm super psyched to have you on. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about Brad, how you got here. Uh, you know, you're the founder of DirectMail 2.0 uh, or co-founder, and but you know, there's always a great story for folks that have built a business and and all the experiences and things in their lives that led them up to this point. So, so give us a little bit of understanding of of where you came from and how you got here. Sure, I, I would have to say that my arrival here and now with you is a bit non-traditional. I spent the first 25 years of my business career actually doing something that is obsolete, okay? I was in a wholesale distribution business originally selling VHS and CDs, and we were selling them during the proliferation or opening of video stores in the 90s. Booming business, great business. Everybody went to the video store on a Friday night and rented their videos. And we were sort of the, the background men who supplied those video stores with this material. So that quickly changed with the advent of the internet. Although it didn't really disrupt the video store market, the ability to buy pre-recorded things like CDs and DVDs online was, was almost available immediately. And I started taking some of our excess inventory and selling it on eBay and, and Amazon. And we made our own uh, e-commerce site. And I grew this business you know, literally from zero to about $25 million over about 10 or 15 years. You know, it transformed from a traditional distribution model into an e-commerce model, which was great, except 
the writing was on the wall. You know, people were not buying pre-recorded media. Everything was coming streaming. Netflix, Apple, Amazon were just annihilating the video stores. They were closing left, right, and center. And it came down to be who's the last guy holding a, a million DVDs. And unfortunately, I, I was one of those guys. So over the course of this boom, when the industry went up and the bust of when it became disrupted by new technology, I knew that I would have to find another career. And I knew that I didn't want to be in a position to be disrupted again. I wanted to be the disruptor. So I looked at a lot of things and, you know, my, my business network over my 25, 30 years in business had grown and talked to a lot of people. And I methodically sort of plotted the next move. And it actually came from the founder and CEO of Postcard Mania, who's a really big print marketing company here in Florida. And our families had been family friends for a while. In fact, Joy Genduza, the CEO and founder of Postcard Mania, used to work at the company that me and my father owned, and she was our top salesperson. So she had watched my, my foray into e-commerce and watched me manage the unwinding of this, you know, 30-year-old family business to you know, down to nothing. And she says, listen, I have an idea. We have a marketing technology that we're doing inside of our print company that's improving the effectiveness and response rate on direct mail. It's, we think it has a, a larger life other than just our customers. We want to spin off this product or this service to its own company. And we want you to build it and, and kind of take it as its own going concern. So I accepted the challenge never having been in a SaaS world before. Yes, I'd sold online, but this was a different thing. This was really doing a SaaS model with digital marketing and integrating with a, with a age-old technology. So I'll have to tell you, at first, I said, yes, gung-ho. And then I had to re-educate myself in terms of my whole business mindset, which was buying a product, bringing it to market and selling a product. Although this was similar, it was, a, it was a whole different learning experience. So when I came to the company, there was very little revenue. The, the, the company had three services that it did with direct mail, which was mail tracking, you know, like the, through the post office, call tracking through a partner such as Twilio, and some Google ads that retargeted the visitors to the website. Uh, that was six years ago. Today, we have 15 different features on our platform. We've tracked and performed campaigns on just under a billion pieces of mail. And we have 300 resellers and launched over 60,000 direct mail campaigns with digital integration. So that's sort of the, the fast forward to where we are now. But I, I know this is your show and I'll let you ask the next question. Well, uh, I love it. You've been through this experience where... You are on the on on the downside of a industry that was being disrupted by the newest technology, and you've turned that into a, a, a mission, really, uh, to be a part of that disruption, while while at the same time bringing that legacy industry along. Uh, and so, I really applaud you. That's a great story. Uh, so, Thank you. speaking speaking of of direct mail two Give us a snapshot. 
who are your customers? What are you, how do they use your tools? Uh, you've got these 15 services. Give us an understanding of, of the way that, that your customers are really using this and, and how they're impacting omni-channel marketing. Sure. So the, the best way to do is start with very high level. What is the value proposition here? You know, somebody that's doing a direct mail campaign, they, they pay a printer to design and print a, a mail piece and it goes in the mailbox and the receiver, that's one impression. That is one touch point. Now, maybe the kid brings the mail in and the mom sees it and the dad sees it. So maybe you have two or three people see it. It's It works. It's been proven effective over almost 100 years. But how can you make it better? And, and basically what we've done is we've taken different digital technologies and aligned them with mail to improve that lift. And how do we improve the lift? We improve the lift by more impressions of the same message at the same time to the same people. It's, it's effectively just repetition marketing with a economy of scale. You get the one piece in the mailbox, and then we strive to get at least 8 to 20 additional impressions of that same message within a 30-day time frame of receiving the piece in the mailbox. Those digital ads start up to four or five days before the mail arrives, and they continue for 30 days afterwards. So, you know... Anything that you sort of think of, or I'm sorry, see multiple times, it increases the likelihood of engagement. And we have lifted the engagement and thus, of course, lifted F ROI for most of our customers. Um, I can go into the details of the 15 things, but that's a lengthier point and I'd happy to highlight a few. But the goal here is repetition that drives engagement for a very low cost, literally for pennies per piece above what the mailing cost is. Beautiful, beautiful. And so, and where in the value stream are your products being consumed? Is it the service right, provider that's a good level? Point. Yeah. Most, most of our resellers, and I'd mentioned we have about 300 resellers, they white label our product and they tend to be commercial printers that specialize in direct mail. So they're, they're dealing directly with the direct mail client who, who is, buying the direct mail from the printer. The printer is producing it or involved in various ways with the managing or formulating of that campaign from targeting to creative. But we work with the, with the commercial printer in most cases. There are exceptions to that where there's certain uh, agencies, marketing agencies that are very direct mail centric, and they will bring us on as an add-on to a direct mail campaign they are running for a client. But 99% of our customers are either a commercial printer specializing in direct mail or an agency that has a lot of direct mail clients. Right. So, so you're going to these resellers, getting them yes. configured and set up so they can spread it out over all of their clients and, and really scale this thing. Exactly. So it, we train them, we implement it. We even do what's called co-sells because a lot of printers may not have the savvy to talk in detail about digital marketing or some of the, the, the finer aspects of what we do. So we help them even sell it because, you know, a guy who's just been producing ink on paper on printing presses for 20 years, this is, this is a whole different kettle of fish. And, and if there's any sort of resistance, it's the sales team really understanding what we do well enough to be able to convey that to their clients. 
uh, makes perfect sense. So you've tailored the offering really for the distribution channel so that they can bring it to market most effectively. Uh, it's sort of like in that retail environment, right? It's one thing to sell into the retailer. You got to sell through also, right? And Absolutely. And so, Lessons that you've yeah, learned. If they're not selling, then we're not selling. You know, and 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 we've enabled them to white label this product. That our our process or our platform actually exists out there in about 150 different product names. You know, Mail Plus, uh, Mail 3.0. You know, Direct Connect. I mean, there's many different names where people have renamed it something that fits their clientele or their unique segment of the market. Awesome. That great stuff. Let's drill in in one particular area that a lot of our customers and, and our audience is really interested in, which is attribution. Uh, and, and it's a big deal in direct mail. Uh, there have been ways that attribution has been measured over a long period of time. Digital has had a big impact on that. Uh, so uh, tell us how uh, in direct mail 2.0 and you're combining direct mail with all these digital channels how are you able to help with the attribution challenge? I mean, that's a great question. I mean, before the advent of digital and internet, it was very hard to actually give 100% attribution to a piece of direct mail. Before it was like, did you get any calls? Did anybody come in with a coupon? And, and you know, maybe or maybe not a receptionist or a register even wrote it down. So it was all sort of based on, I think so, I'm not sure, intuition, so one of the biggest value propositions that we are able to add to direct mail is true attribution. And there's a number of ways that that attribution can be measured. We track uh, people that have gone to the website of the campaign that's being advertised. We can, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, we can match that anonymous visitor back via postal address through pixel technology. So it's not like, hey, we sent out a mailing of 50,000 people and 2,000 people went to your website. Listen, I know people are smarter than that. Well, how do you know how many that were from the mailing? Well, if we can see the residential addresses of the people that went to the website and match that back to the mailing list, we know. Now, I guess it could be coincidental that they just happen to go, but the odds of that are slim to none. Additionally, the, the phone numbers we put on there can be tracked back to the original caller. The QR codes can be made personalized so we know that they belong to an exact person who received the mail. Text response codes bring us back to that as well. We're in the middle of landing... Of, of sending out, um, building out landing pages with personal URLs that will verify that too. Informed delivery through the tracking of the piece. And if they click the link in their informed delivery digest, we can track that back to an individual person who received that mail. So there's a lot of ways to verify that attribution. You know, just because they saw an ad and they clicked on an ad, I'm not even counting those as guaranteed attribution because they may not have received a mail piece. But another thing that we, we offer, uh, I like to call it wasteless digital ads, where we use a demand side platform, we upload the mailing list of the mail recipients, and we target those households only with digital ads. So the guy who's getting the mail is receiving digital ads on his devices or on his TV or wherever, but his next door neighbor who is not targeting the mailing does not receive those ads. So again, we can prove attribution for the mail. Now, these ads may have helped, but if the goal is really to drive engagement and drive conversion, the ads only help the direct mail. So 
we have a whole attribution reporting platform that will actually give the names and information of the people that we know with very high certainty uh, are attributed directly to the campaign. That's great. And and that's really what Omnichannel is about, right? It's it's that repetitive, multiple channels, all singing from the same song sheet, and, and let's go get that target as opposed to necessarily worrying about the individual uh, componentry all the time. Yep, exactly. exactly. I mean, we've seen big brands do this for hundreds of millions of dollars. Nike, just do it. Well, you see it in magazines. You see it on TV. You see it online. That slogan is ingrained into our minds. Well, obviously, they spent a lot of money, but it's the same message on every channel. It's the same message hitting you from three or four different places. You will remember it. So what we're doing with direct mail is just a microcosm of what they're doing for hundreds of millions of dollars. We're doing for several hundred to several thousand dollars. Love it. Love it. One of the channels that you mentioned is called informed delivery. It's something we're really excited about from your standpoint. What are some keys to success for marketers as they're putting together their informed delivery campaigns? And, you know, do you have any advice on how to streamline the workflow, optimize these campaigns? Absolutely. Uh, We have been recognized by USPS as actually delivering or executing more informed delivery campaigns than any other provider in the United States. I think that number is over 30,000 campaigns at this point. And one of the things that we've found, and, and USPS will back this up, is when you when you do an informed delivery campaign, you have a optical scan of the mail piece itself, and you have a small what's called ride-along ad. Most common question we get, or, or I say point of contention, is we want to replace that optical scan with a beautiful piece of designed artwork. Now, in, in, it sounds like a good idea. However, what you're doing is you're losing the continuity between the actual piece in the mailbox by changing out that ad. So what we try to do is repeat that message of what's in the mailbox on every other channel. So if you're getting a postcard and then you design your informed delivery ad with a completely different message, you are losing the continuity of that campaign. And I have seen that so many times. I've had discussions and discussions with advertisers and they're like, no, this is much better. And, uh, you know, it, it, we have found it is not much better. It's actually worse. Take that little black and white optical scan and then put your little ride along below it and the results are better. We see 67% click-through in most cases on that. No email campaigns get that kind of click-through. Amazing. And, you know, it it backs up a a fundamental that we learned years ago in our kind of early days focused on the Perl and QR code world where you need to really focus on this notion of message match, especially when you're leaping from one channel to another. If, If you go and click on a Google ad and you go on a landing page that has nothing to do with the ad that you clicked on, what do you do? You, you, you're like, oh, this is a scam. I'm, I'm out of here, right? And and yep. so so that consistency between channels is so important because it, it, it actually builds trust and it, it enables 
that person who's wary about wasting their time, right? That, that you're convincing them, hey, you know, w- we know exactly why you're here and we've got this thing. It's tailored right for you. And, and, and you click because of this reason. You're, we're not trying to take you somewhere else. 100%. Continuity of message is key, key, key to any sort of repetition campaign. And, uh, you know, we, we actually, we recommend to our customers to mail at least three times a one-time mailing to the same person. It's better than nothing. And I know that it's expensive, but three times seems to be the sweet spot. If you can afford to go more, all the better. But if you can't really shoot for a, I would take a smaller audience, mail to them three times than a wider audience and mail to them once. Any day of the week. Completely agree. And I tell a lot of our customers uh, the same thing. I, I tell it this way. I say, hey, if you were to hire a salesperson and that salesperson were to make a thousand phone calls and leave a thousand messages and never touch each of those targets again, what would you do? And the answer, yep. of course, is I'd fire that salesperson. And, and so, yep. you know, why would you expect any different out of any other form of marketing, right? It, where, you know, you, you've got to be uh, aggressive. You've got to be repetitive. You have to be persistent to sell. And, and, and that's really just a, a, another form of persistency. A hundred percent. Persistency in sales and follow up is probably the biggest fallacy that is commonplace to most businesses and most salespeople or marketing campaigns. Exactly. Exactly. Shift the gears a little bit. The entire world is obsessed right now with artificial intelligence. It's getting all the headlines. Uh, NVIDIA stock is through the roof, right? Like there's, it, there's just such a frenzy around AI. What are some of the ways that you're seeing AI impacting the way that marketers build and deploy omni-channel campaigns, or or how are you seeing it in the future? Listen, I, I have to say that I feel, and, and you and I have been around long enough, that this, this explosion of AI and the potentialities of it reminds me very much of the late 90s, early 2000s with the explosion of the internet. You cannot fall behind and you could not move fast enough to stay up with what the changes that come out. So it, it's, uh, I literally lose sleep at night thinking that I haven't read enough about AI. I haven't discovered enough potential uses to see how it can help me. And every day I feel like I'm falling further behind. But that being said, this technology to me will revolutionize almost everything in the next three to five years. And of course, you know, we have a huge initiative on it. And my, my advice to anyone is don't ignore this technology. Yeah. I don't know that getting yourself on the, on the treadmill to try to keep up with it is, is practical either because it's moving so quickly and you can drive yourself to a heart attack just trying to, but don't ignore it. Keep it in your front view. And, and if you don't know how, find somebody that may be able to give you ideas or use cases of where it can prove efficiencies, revenue, marketing, content. I mean, I've tried it in most cases and there's still some shortfalls, but it's still a great tool. It's still a great tool. Yeah. I, I've 
been spending a lot of time in there as well, and and we have at Postalytics. And I think your analogy to early internet is so accurate because what's going on right now, Silicon Valley has turned the flood of venture capital money into this market. And so yep. there are startups that are exploding with a lot of hot capital right now. And, and while there are winners that are going to emerge from this primordial soup that is AI, such as in the internet era, how Google and Amazon and uh, Facebook all, all emerged, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of losers in, in the mix as well. And, and so not obsessing about every single company and every single new uh, announcement out of Silicon Valley is probably the right way to yeah. do it. But, but look at the, tr look at the look, trends, exactly. right? Look at, look at how fundamentally could this impact a couple things in my business and how can I invest in a smart way to move the needle while this thing's all getting sorted out? And, and I'll have to tell you, just in the few months, so it sort of broke earlier this year, um, and, and we have our own initiative going on. Remember, I have, I have all of the engagement, response rates, creative, targeting lists for 60,000 direct mail campaigns, all right? And, and, and I... I'm working on a project to digitize creative and create certain buckets by vertical where, and, and I'll just give you the use case. If, if you're an advertiser and let's say you're a finance company that's selling auto loans, well, we can benchmark that against previous campaigns. So where are you sending it to? When are you sending it? And what are you sending? And we can take the promotional piece or the postcard or the letter and we can analyze it optically, compare it to past results over the last six years that we've calculated and provide one or two points of changes to be made in targeting, timing, or creative that could lift a campaign 5%. A 5% lift in a marketing campaign is, is geometrically huge. So if taking all this history of direct mail campaigns and the results and being able to provide a lift of a couple points based on a few minor changes, that's giant. And this is what we're working on here. But one of the things I found is, you know, I was trying to interview um, data scientists and, and people who do computer visioning and annotating where you take images and break them down, you know, as time's gone on over the last six months, there's companies that will already do this. I don't have to build it. There are AI companies such as BARD or, or even ChatGPT that are making available these APIs to feed things in like that and get a response out. So I, rather than create my own large language learning model, why not lease a little processor time on somebody else who's already gotten billions invested into it? I can't catch them. I don't have 10 years. You know, so that's what I'm exactly. Finding. Yeah. Or several billion dollars to yeah. invest. Uh, like they exactly. Have. Yeah. Uh, moving to another area that is increasingly in the news right now, the political season is upon us and there's going to be a presidential primary or three in about three months, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and so whether we like it or not, it's coming. And, uh, it, and it has an impact on this world that we live Absolutely. in. Absolutely. And so, so, so how do you see political campaigns 
using this combination of direct mail plus digital and the omni-channel way to deliver their messages. We think it's a great idea. And and that being said, we have done dozens of political campaigns. And, and I have to say that during the last season, you know, we really wanted to go big in this. And I have to tell you this, the, to really break into political in a large way on national campaigns, um, you have to declare yourself for one side or the other. All right. And in doing so, there's repercussions for that. Okay. I, I would call myself a centrist. And if you want to do a Republican campaign and go big, well, you, you've got to be affiliated with that group. You've got to be a donor. You've got to go to the rallies. You've got to be connected. And the same thing is on the other side. So I, I can't bring myself to make a stand on one side or the other that publicly. I have staff here that feel different ways and we've been very apolitical. So that being said, I'm handicapped because I can't declare myself for one side or the other. All right. I am not driven by that. I, I, I find issues with both sides sometimes. So this is not something that I'm ever going to be super successful at without making that uh, decision. Well, uh, it is a very interesting dynamic and, uh, you know, we could probably go on and on about polarization and how that's all pulled everybody into these camps. Yep. But at the end of, at the end of the day, they all have a job to do too, right. In terms of getting their messages out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of an old school concept. Like if, unless you're, unless you're with me a hundred percent, you're, the enemy. Uh, and uh, I, I get I think, it. I get uh, it. People that live and breathe politics, but, uh, they have to be that passionate about it. They have to. And I understand if I'm, if I'm working for both sides and I'm doing marketing for both sides, there's, there's an inherent potential trust lapse there, you know? So, um, it, it's, there's plenty of guys who want to do that. I'll leave that business to them. There's plenty of other business out there. I'll do the, the campaigns where they're not as sensitive and I'll do a great job at it. We've even had a down ballot candidate that really does credit our process to helping them win. It was a, it, I think it was a state representative in somewhere in Pennsylvania for the state house, not even a national. And uh, it was very successful. We have several very successful campaigns, but uh, I'm, I'm handicapped because of my own beliefs, you might say. <laughs> well, and I could certainly see that at the local level, how effective all of those technologies that you outlined, right, with that geo-targeting and, and the ability for direct mail to deliver at the household level, and, and it could really influence those down-ticket campaigns in a big way. Very much so. We have a special product that is, we call it political power-up, that adds a few extra features like YouTube ads and uh, some Google uh, discovery ads. And we use the district targeting features within Google and, and Facebook or Meta to specifically target those districts. So, you know, there are some additional tools that we do to help give an added boost to those campaigns. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Brad, this has been Phenomenal. I love our conversations. You know, we're both living in kind of the same world, approaching it from different angles. And so yep. it's always a blast to talk to you. Uh, tell us, tell the listeners, 
I want to learn more. How do I learn more about direct mail 2.0? How do I connect with Brad? Uh, give us your coordinates. Fantastic. Well, the, probably the easiest thing is you go to dm20.com. That's, you know, directmail2.com. Either way, you can find us. Uh, you can reach me at brad at dm20.com. I, I love to talk marketing. I love to talk technology. And I, I'm a, kind of becoming an AI geek too. So, you know, I, I'm an older guy who <laughs> really wants to stay current on technology. It's getting harder, but I'm, I'm working at it. Well, I'm with you. I'm an older guy trying to stay as nerdy as possible. So uh, it's it's hard to do, but it, it's a lot of work, but it's fun. So, I agree. I agree. Uh, awesome. Well, Brett, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, I know our audience will have a blast listening to this. Anytime, Dennis. And uh, we'll, see, we'll see you soon. Always a pleasure. Thank you again.